Welcome to another episode of Bringing Down the Grindhouse. I'm Mitch, and today we're going to be talking about horror in Magic the Gathering. How's it going, John? <laughs> it's going well. I like that intro, because you had a pause. Did you know what's it? Thanks. Pause for dramatic effect. It's going to sound really nice with the music. Right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, that's right, huh? It'll be good with the music in the front. You, you knew what you were doing. Yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah, totally. It wasn't improv. <laughs> I'm a single take wonder. So I'm John, one of the main hosts on the show, a.k.a. Horchata Master and League of Legends, a.k.a. Jinkies on, uh, what is it, Overwatch? Shut up, nerd. <laughs> uh, a.k.a. <laughs> Hong Kong Fui on League of Legends. Seriously, it's spelled exactly like the TV show. We get it. You're on the computer a lot. PC is the master race. No. It is. Um, <laughs> we're joined today by our special guest, Eddie. How are you doing? I'm good. Thanks for inviting me, man. Of course. We always love having guests on, especially for cool topics like this one for Magic Gathering. Um, so for anybody who doesn't know what Magic Gathering is, Mitch is going to give you a little intro of what exactly it is and why you should care. I don't imagine why anyone would care what Magic <laughs> is, to be honest. It's a, it's a card game essentially, is what Magic the Gathering is. Um, it's a card game with a story, though. There's an entire narrative attached to these to these cards, and they are all tied to a story that goes back all the way to, I want to say, 1993 is when I believe like the first set of cards came out, and they had an entire narrative attached to it. Today, we wanted to focus on the horror aspect of Magic. So for the people who do not know, we are going to be speaking about the mostly the narrative uh, aspects of magic so much like the world building mm. and what it is in itself. So what I will say is that in the universe of magic, the gathering, there are planes that float around in this uh, endless ethereal sort of like space space that is just in between them. It's a very dangerous area. Mortals probably shouldn't be traveling through there. And in the here, there are pockets that are planes of different existence. So there is, and they're just different worlds all on their own where magic operates a little bit differently there sometimes, things like that. Uh, there are people in this universe who are able to walk to these planes and pass through that ethereal unharmed and travel. And these people are called planeswalkers. In the interest of the game, everybody is supposed to be one of these planeswalkers and they build a deck around all of their experiences from all these different planes every set of magic usually centers around every set of new cards that comes out i mean usually centers around a specific plane and a storyline that's happening on those planes right so for anyone who likes facts uh it was created by richard garfield and was released in 1993 by wizards of the coast now a subsidiary of hasbro and so it then became Magic and then became Magic the Gathering at some point later on. And so while you're playing the game, you'll also get this lore to go along with the cards that you're physically buying and putting into this deck that you'll end up playing. And so the ones we wanted to focus on were the horror-based ones, which include Innistrad, which had vampires, werewolves, ghouls. Uh, what else do they have in Innistrad? Um, well, I mean, in some of the more recent sets of it, the yeah. Eldrazi were also there. That's right. And so there's also the Eldrazi, as well as you mentioned um, one other one that you wanted to talk about, right? Uh, so we've got Eldrazi, the Frexians. That's it, the Frexians. Oh, I think it's, I think it's, I've heard two different uh, pronunciations. I've been pronouncing it Frexian my entire life, but I've also heard Pyrexia, so Pyrexian also. So Frexian, Pyrexian, same thing. 
Spongebob. I'm going to go with Phyrexian because it always sounds cool to me. Or Phyrexian. Phyrexian? Yes. That w- <laughs> I mean, I wonder if there's actually a pronunciation like you go to the, you know, those websites where you go to figure out like, how, I would guarantee how do you, you pronounce someone's one. name? This sounds like a debate already. Right. So, but let's avoid that debate because <laughs> semantics are dumb and I don't want to deal with it right now. <laughs> one of my friends is cringing because yeah. <laughs> she's a linguist. So, oh, <laughs> so she's like, what the fuck? <laughs> um, so, um, so before we get deeper into magic, right. I think it would be good if we talk a little bit to our, our guests this evening, Eddie, yeah. and see what his experience is in the realm of horror and things like that. I think it would be a good place. Right. So is horror one of your favorite genres? It most definitely is. Yeah. Yeah. For what a, what a medium do you usually go through? Is it movies, literature, comics, video games? A little bit of everything. Like, comics horror are movies shows and video games for sure so those are my sort of like main sources of where i pick up on like horror and stuff i think the first was like are you afraid of the dark and goosebumps yes pretty much and then upcoming ideas <laughs> and, and then there's also the universal horror monsters which i was introduced to so right those that stuff then I would oh, you say, mean like like Frankenstein and Dracula? And yeah, and the Wolfman like okay. and um, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Nice. And a classic. Yeah, definitely. Uh, which they still need to make a movie. For which one? Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, no one's attempted to do a redo of that. Um, I don't know if it's just because there's not enough content or if I'm they just don't want to touch that. it. I'm here for that. Right. I think, yeah. I I think it. it's about time. Like Somebody could do it. Shape of Water was kind of like that. <laughs> that was great. That movie was just odd yeah <laughs> all around i have yet to see that one really it's a beautiful movie it actually is a really good movie i, I hear that it's fantastic i just have never i just i keep every time i have a moment i just haven't been able to watch it you should definitely watch it i have and, a favorite yeah. scene in the movie where she's dancing with the fish man in like the artist style like black and white and she has a musical number yes and they're much. all dressed up yeah that's an oscar worthy moment right there <laughs> i think that's what sealed the oscars for I love it because it had those really great moments like that where it like turned into slightly like a musical. And then it has other moments where she's like explaining to her friend how he has a penis <laughs> and like how exactly they had sex. It's and you're just like, like, whoa, what the hell? <laughs> those are the questions your friends are going to ask you. So Apparently like... it was like a retractable penis is what he's got. And that's how it works. Well, yeah, she shows she has a visual. She like opens her hands and then like it kind of comes through. Yeah, that's 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 the visual she gives you, which is really funny. <laughs> very so now deep. you know. <laughs> Shape of water also includes fish penis. <laughs> you know, well, I think that's on the sex dicks. market Never too. Mind. I'm not gonna bring up that meme. Oh, <laughs> uh, which meme? I gotta know now. Fish too- dicks. Oh, never mind. There you go. You already, see, I'm not bringing it up. Yeah. But now you look what you did. I <laughs> look what you did. <laughs> I blame you for all of this. <laughs> so, Eddie, I have a question for you. Go ahead. What's your What's your experience with magic? Magic, um, I collected. I have collected some cards, pretty much. I played a little bit of it, but I'm still. I feel like I'm a virgin at it, pretty much. <laughs> I'm not ashamed to admit it. Like, I came out of this whole nun range, just like, hey, I want to try this. I want to just invite me in, please. Oh, that's but, all right. Yeah, so I feel like I still want to get more experience up out of playing Magic and stuff because I don't feel like I played enough of it. 
like the first time I started collecting some of the cards was like junior high and I was trying to get out of like the whole like Pokemon Yu-Gi-Oh sort of thing that was going on. Um, I think that we will be curing this hiatus you've had with magic after this podcast. Yeah, we're I even before we started, I was like, you know what? I'm definitely going to want to play magic after talking about it so much. But I feel like Magic is one of those games that uh, whether or not you like it will be determined by the people that introduce you to the game because there are people who will introduce you and will just beat you like relentlessly and then you just don't like the game anymore. And you're like, I don't want to play this anymore. This is kind of lame. Like you're just going to beat me every single time. And then uh, and then other times, uh, like I had a really good intro because Mitch was the person who showed me how to play Magic. And we went from playing like sort of the regular ones that we had to like you should build your own. And then once I started building it, I got a better understanding of how all the cards worked. And then you get some satisfaction out of building it, turning it from an idea into like a real concept. And then it's in front of you, especially when it does well and people are like, fuck that. I do not yeah. want to play that. <laughs> it's uh, It's been, I think, it, I'm not sure, I don't remember what the rating system was, but Magic was recently marked as one of the world's most uh, most uh, complex complex like games yeah. that exists. And it, it, I mean, when you have an ever-changing format constantly, it's going right. to get that way. It's more so for the addition of mechanics than it is for the original play style. So, like, how the original game runs. Uh, it's more so, like, these are all the mechanics that will go against most of the main rules. <laughs> and then you have to figure out how those play against each other. And then what will, like, resolve first, I guess, is, like, the, way, the best way to say it. Um, yeah, so, go ahead. So, horror in Magic... I think we we brought up four groups that we think represent horror and magic. Right. So there was, well, there's the main creatures that show up there. And then there's the planes that they sort of exist on. And so Innistrad is basically like the world of like classic horror movie monsters. So it includes like werewolves, vampires. Um, It has angels, demons, um, ghouls, geists, things of like all of those things. And then um, at some point, the Eldrazi sort of come crashing into their world and start changing it up. And that's where the lore comes in. And then the Eldrazi are like Lovecraftian creatures come to life. Um, Some of them are smaller versions, which you'll get in the creatures, like in the cards. And other ones are humongous things like Emrakul, which is, I don't even know if they have like a size comparison for how big it is. But it's just a giant tentacle monster. I think uh, Emrakul is like a big jellyfish. Also, Emrakul is a she. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she. Yeah, she is a large jellyfish. <laughs> and uh, gotta get that jellyfish love. Oh yeah. Oh oh yeah. So when they hug you, yeah. And like the Eldrazi, <laughs> like they feed on the magic of the world. They eat it. They just right. consume magic forever. That's it's their like whole they deal. Eat the, they eat the the what? They the don't man? even have like an actual mind of their own. Really, they just no. they just are constantly eating. It's like a hive mind sort mm-hmm. of. Yeah. Essentially. So they just consume pretty much. Yep. Yeah, and that's like their main goal. But I think I think as a part of that, I was curious with both of you guys. Uh, do you guys have a favorite color to play in Magic, or like, do you think you'd be like, oh yeah, that appeals to me. I like I like where this is going. I'm I like green. Green is my favorite color in Magic because you've got the ramp, so you get all the lands, and I get all the biggest creatures. What does it mean for ramp? Oh, ramping is uh, basically where you are putting more lands down on the field. Magic is Magic is a um, is is for in its most simplest state, it is it is a game of probability and resource management. Yes, that is that is in the that is in its most basic. That's what it is. Right. It's resource management and 
That is to say that you need a certain amount of lands to summon a creature and or yes. a spell. Play other kind of spells spell. and whatnot. Which right. technical creatures are spells until they hit the battlefield. <laughs> the technical rules. The technical rules. But yeah, so... But, but yes, yes. So I get to play big spells. I build up, and then I slam down really hard. So you like the, the big creatures that are, mm-hmm. like, stomping around. Oh, I love doing stuff like that, yeah. Okay. What about you, Eddie? Uh, red and black, which I know is fire and death, pretty much. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, fire is definitely – or red is, like, burn. Very quick. Usually, yeah. like, smaller creatures, but strong for the for the beginning of the game. Why do you like them so much? Uh, red's always been like my favorite color. So oh, always, gotcha. So it's, a, it's always a, like a dominant color for me and my, for what I like to go for. Um, and just as a strong element to me. Nice. I think the official guild name of what is it? Black and red is Rakdos. Yeah. So if you're curious to know what the co- the color combinations are, they have a name for every single one. Yeah, they're uh, based off the Ravnica guilds. Yep. Ravnica is a plane in the universe of Navi. <laughs> Um, let me see. My favorites are probably, uh, green is up there. Uh, I probably would say green, black, and white. Actually, no. Everything but blue. Honestly, <laughs> I think it's because of the play style. So, like, blue is a lot of control. Like, you you end up kind of doing counter spells. Uh, you have small creatures. You're more about, like, controlling what everyone else is You're doing. You're like a reactive player when yes, you play blue. Yes, very reactive. I'm not, I don't play like that. I usually like to play with the. Uh, I like to play with white and green because of the tokens. So lots of tokens. Like I have a, a red EDH deck, which is a hundred card deck, and it's based on goblins. And my goal is to get as many goblins out as possible, and that is like the main goal of the of the deck. And another one I have is the white one, which is uh, it's based around Voltron, which is like that one card gets powered up, and you get to put equipment and other creatures buff it up. And so I love playing Voltron style making the huge creature with all these extras on it that's my style just put them all together and they form one right there's some cases where if you have like a certain creature out with your main commander they start getting like more creatures that come out like the one i have is kemba and she every time um she has like a piece of equipment attached to her uh, i can tap her and then like two or three cat creatures come out so based on how much gear she has on she's able to bring out more cat tokens and it just keeps getting bigger and bigger from all of the um equipment that i end up attaching to her i'm not a fan of the control so anyone who plays blue i'm usually not a fan uh which i think dorian is like it's like his oh favorite. yeah blue's blue's great blue has so many cool things it has one of my favorite cards which is one of his favorite cards is mystic mystic speculation yeah which is like one and then like two buyback two and you get to scry three it's pretty nice do you guys have a favorite card or cards combo not really because i'm still yeah you're still getting into it yeah because i'm still trying to find other players to play with pretty much gotcha and and so hopefully tonight you guys can be breaking my cherry (laughs) (laughs) i'm just saying right no just pull out the tarp and just like we're doing this (laughs) pull out the tarp That sounds like a rough intro into That's water a really sports. Rough intro. It's a really rough intro magic. I've just been holding this for years. I just want to give this to you. So, 
So we've got the Eldrazi, which are sort of like the magic's version of like Lovecraftian horror. Yes. They're sort of these unknowable, huge beings that could just wreck your world just because they want to. And that's sort of like the essence of Lovecraftian horror in itself, is that there's something cosmic larger than horror you. Cosmic is the horror. Main thing. Cosmic horror in the main thing, yeah. Lovecraftian slash cosmic horror, whatever you want to, yeah. Oh, the same scope of what, everything. So they're kind of like that. Um, magic also has like some interesting use of vampires. Yes. So there was a planeswalker, which is one of these special people I was talking about earlier, that can traverse from plane to plane. And Soren basically started a group of vampires on the plane of Zendikar. Yes. If I'm not mistaken. Which is where the Eldrazi uh, started their assault on the multiverse. Wasn't it an accident? The Eldrazi kind of coming out? Uh, yes. Yeah. I believe so. Yes. Was, it's always an accident. Yeah. <laughs> I know it's never purposeful that you're like no, I'm gonna like, bring there's forth. Like, Oops, caused a calamity. I always think of um, I think of the one card. What is it? Tragic slip, which uh, is like if something dies and it's like negative thirteen thirteen to whatever <laughs> comes in. So like you could potentially kill Emrakul as soon as it comes in, <laughs> which is like either that one or the actually you yeah. wouldn't be able to kill Emrakul because she has protection from colored spells oh so it's fine a big creature mm-hmm. yeah you're just right. something big you're right nasty. though yeah. yeah anything for the most part yeah pretty much anything else after that um or i think of that play mat with the squirrels <laughs> where it's like 15 squirrels <laughs> what will i do against such awesome power because <laughs> you could potentially have 15 one one squirrels fight a big 15 15 oh yes which is probably the most hilarious image in my mind just a stack of squirrels fighting against emrakul and winning (laughs) (laughs) and winning that matchup oh yeah hell yeah super silly super Uh, silly to imagine that so how do the eldrazi get brought into the world and like how does that affect it it goes into innistrad right well it starts off on zendikar that's right and then you've got a a, a few planeswalkers you've got i think it's ugin nahiri and soren (laughs) And they basically like seal the Eldrazi the first time. And then Soren fucks off the plane over to Innistrad, hangs out there. If I'm not mistaken, he starts some vampire cults over there as well, or vampire families and whatnot. And then um, the Eldrazi are accidentally released by another group of planeswalkers, and it starts this whole issue. And then the uh, group of planeswalkers rally against them, as the, basically as the Eldrazi eat their plane. Right. And then Emrakul fucks off to Innistrad. They kept <laughs> it a big secret forever, but it was like kind of leaked that she had moved. So she traversed planes over to Innistrad, started causing problems there and morphing the people around on that plane. Uh, so, so I wasn't exactly sure. Maybe I just didn't understand how the planes work. But do, they, do these planes exist sort of separate of each other? Like, they don't get traversed very often, like, one, um, one By the Planeswalkers, they get traversed, but they exist, exist separately. Yeah. They're not, like, joined or anything. They're just fl- kind of floating around. Yeah, so there's only so a like handful planets. of people. They're kind of like planets, in a way. There's only, like, a handful of people who can actually, like, yeah. move between mm-hmm. them. Yep. Okay. That's why I, was, I wasn't exactly sure if, like, anyone else could. There's a whole bunch of other Planeswalkers, but these stories we're focusing on are only involve, like, so many. Right. Yeah. So... One of the main interesting things about it, which is why I wanted to talk about magic and horror-related things, was the the world they sort of created in Innistrad. So basically, the ghouls, the uh, like, it's more likely that your dead body will produce a ghost that will turn into like a ghoul or geist that will start haunting everyone else. And so basically, the best thing that can happen in Innistrad is that you're rich enough 
to have your body like buried and like peacefully and like no one else is going to fuck with it. And there's no necromancers that are going to walk into the graveyard and be like free dead bodies. I want to raise all of these and start wreaking havoc on Innistrad. And so they have that meshed in with classic movie monsters. So you have like werewolves, vampires, things like that. And so it all kind of gets mixed together. And so you have these, you have this really dark world that all the humans are living in. And so if you look at all the cards from that block, they're all like sword wielding, like magic bearing people or they're angels. And so they're fighting like basically for their life all of the time. And so like they're never having like a moment of peace in Innistrad. And so that's interesting that they created that sort of horror world within the game itself that you can kind of explore through the cards or through like the lore that you're reading. Oh, yeah. That, I mean, that magic's done really well is, is like just, you know, have the, the narrative interspersed with the cards um, creating really robust, uh, very very robust settings, and uh, and whatnot, and then really intricate plots too. Really intricate plots between yes. all of them and whatnot, and how they all uh, inter interrelate with each other. Uh, the Innistrad the Innistrad block was super fun though. Lots of cool like the all of the werewolf cards operated off of transformation. Yes. So you had to do things in game to trigger a transformation off of the card so if only if you had so many cards here so many of this card this werewolf this this like just a human transforms into this werewolf and he's way more powerful now and he listens to you now so i dig werewolves a lot what do you like the most about him because i like werewolves too i was gonna say like just in general or just like in yeah the world of well do you think is it more because you're like yeah they can definitely whoop some ass when it comes to like vampires or is it like you like the aesthetics like transforming and things like that originally the aesthetics for sure but definitely the whole like conflict between vampires and stuff it's just right like, that whole classism even that yeah that's actually in the game they're the vampires are like i don't even know how to explain it they're, at some point they're doing like a lot of bureaucracy within yeah, themselves uh, the vampires like the vampires in in magic depending on where you go depending on what plane you're on and where you go and who they are they're a little a lot, different they can be kind of bureaucratic and like arist aristocratic is that's more it that's the word, the word yeah, i was looking for aristocratic so very like highborns and they sort of just drain everything from everyone like so Pure we were blood. talking we were talking about avison's creation avison's an angel yes on the plane of innistrad who basically rallies the humans together and gives them hope for surviving the darkness yeah you know, surviving in innistrad yeah basically yeah the reason behind that's great though yeah, exactly. And I was, and I was, if yeah. you'd like to explain, you can explain. Uh, so, um, Markov, the vampire, he creates Avicen to give all of these people hope so that their food source stays alive <laughs> and survives in Innistrad because if the food source ran out, the vampires have no problem eating each other. <laughs> There's that bureaucratic aristocracy we yeah. were talking about. So they were like, you know what? Our food source is going to run out, so we should we should give them a little hope. And so they created Avicen and some of the other angels who are pure because of the way that they're created but don't fully understand that the vampires are like their masters uh, until it's too late and they get like corrupted by some of the Eldrazi, um, start sure. melding together and creating these crazy combos that you'll see in, I think it's uh, – Eldritch Moon and Shadows of Rainestrad, I think, one, were the main ones. I think one of my favorite cards from that set is It That Rides Alone. Oh, that's so cool. Right? It's like it's a horse a, and a man. Yeah, exactly. Meld it, it together. And it becomes like an Eldritchian horror on a horse, <laughs> and it's pretty amazing. Yeah, it's a good card. Um, that set released a lot of good card names. Uh, one of the Eldrazi, the bigger ones, is called It That Betrays, and it's like a 12-12 creature. It's humongous. It has like a, like a Nihilate 2 or something like that. It's basically like it attacks and two of your cards are destroyed no matter what. 
<laughs> like that's just like that and then they had like the other ones they like path razor of ulamog and like kozilex um i think it's like kozilex arbiters is one of the mm-hmm. other so there's just a lot of cool names in it i'm definitely a fan for those one thing that since we're getting down onto the idea of planar destruction right i think that there is one group in the magic universe who pretty much stands undisputed like undisputed <laughs> challenger of all planes and that would be the pyrexians Yes, and I think that our our good friend Eddie has done a little bit of reading up on the on the Pyrexians, and he might be able to tell us a bit about it. Yeah, go for maybe. it. Maybe they're very like mechanical, puritanical kind of race, and it's kind of like I could compare them to like say the Borg in Star Trek, pretty much. And That's I a good comparison. Well, really good. Yeah, yeah, no, it's great. I like that. Yeah, and also they are very Gigeresque as well, which I dig because I'm a big fan of the whole like. Giger's artwork and Alien. Oh, for sure. okay. Oh, that's a nice aesthetic. Yeah, no, and they really, I mean, I, I actually agree with you. If you look at, like, the artwork for, like, Frexian o- Pyrexian Obliterator and things like that, it's, uh, it's very, very, like, looks very alien-like and very, very, um like, Gigeristic, just like he was saying. Yeah, I, I also just, I love that just their whole, like, aesthetic and style, pretty much, and that they are just... Anything flesh-like, anything that's not mechanical is just impure, pretty oh, much. Oh, so. okay. And that it's like a hierarchy of, uh, like, the machine is just, like, the next step of evolution for them, pretty much. Uh, do you happen to know what the planeswalkers, like, the mains, the main ones from them are? Um, is it, like, Obnixilis? They usually... I don't think Obnixilis is a, is a Phyrexian or a Pyrexian. Yeah, me. I wasn't sure. Um, either or. They're interchangeable. You know, caramel caramel. So, um, <laughs> potato, potato, potato. Until someone, yeah. Wait a minute, wait. Do you, what do you say, Eddie? In your head, is it Pyrexian or is it Phyrexian? Phyrexian. Phyrexian. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah we'll go with Phyrexian then. It just I'm, sounds sexier to me. Right, I agree. I, think I like so the way too. Phyrexian yeah, sounds. Phyrexian sounds way yeah. cooler than Pyrexian. Like but it's like the PH sounding. Yeah, exactly. Like phi. Yeah, it's like yeah. pharmacy. Pho. That weird. Yeah, sound. like it's almost like pho. You know, when you have some pho. Pho's pretty good. <laughs> Side I note. The pho. Pho, <laughs> there's pho? a there's a pho place called the fucking best. That's pretty great. I love that. And they I totally knew it. Pho King. <laughs> yeah. They did they did essentially it's Pho King. So you say it together and it's like the fucking best. Yeah. <laughs> and so I'm like, this is great. They knew Thanks. what they're doing. What kind of pho is it? The fucking best. Yeah. So with these Frexians, I, um, I remember I was first introduced to Frexians in Magic when I went to go play a pre release event. Nice. Um, for uh, uh, what was it? It was um, Scars of Mirrodin, or oh, it was, shit. or it was uh, Mirrodin Besieged. That's what it was, Mirrodin Besieged. And this is when the um, like the Pyrexian Mirrodin conflict, the Phyrexian Mirrodin conflict was happening. Mirrodin was basically a plane of metal, like organic metal, and they all just yeah. sort of lived nicely. Everyone was kind of like into artifacts, and they have metal trees and things like that. And then income rolling, uh the Frexians and they start infecting the world. And this is when they brought in the infect mechanic into the game, which really changed the meta of the game for a lot and pissed a lot of people off. Some people thought it was a cheap ass way to win the game. Some people thought this, it basically like made it so that your life total was cut in half. If you played a deck like that, your opponent had less time to win the game essentially because of these cards. And so, but it was reflected like that in the lore as well. These creatures that come and they infect the world and then make it, you know, purely mechanical and like try to evolve it that way. 
like what Eddie was saying. Okay. And whatnot. Got it. I like that. That's interesting. There's also always that uh, concept that exists in some form of storytelling, mm-hmm. which is that like most of the robots, if they ever get any sentience, usually want to take over everything and make everything a part of that world. It's never just like, we're going to exist over here on our own little island. It's always like, nope, everything is not pure. We need to start purifying. The interesting bit is that the pirate Phyrexians, <laughs> God damn it. The Phyrexians, <laughs> the Phyrexians have been around since magic began they've been around for a long time oh, they're gotcha. actually they're actually one of the oldest like evil evil groups that exist right. they're like they're like werewolves and vampires are just kind of standard fantasy horror sort yes. of deal so they've been there forever maybe not necessarily as big in the narrative so more recently they've been more big in the narrative eldrazi weren't even a thought back in the day not until more recently yeah so before then the phyrexians were the big scary like bad guys i think what i also liked about some of the horror elements uh, was the way that they were getting rid of the demons and all of the evil things on Innistrad. Uh, essentially, they thought that just by destroying like the physical form of this demon that they would be banishing it and getting rid of it. And so at first they thought, yeah, we're going to kill a bunch of these and it's no problem. But they kept reforming. And what they found out was that they were only killing like a physical form that would then get created again because of the the magic or the mana that they were using. And so at this point, they were like, okay, we have to figure out how to bind them. And so they were they created like this place that they sent them all to and they would bind them in this area. And so there was really no way to like 100% get rid of these things um, unless they like went and killed like the creator, like the main one of it. But at this point, they're still like not sure what's creating it. And it could just be the mana from the plane itself that's creating whatever that they're experiencing and so the the angels are the ones who sort of come in and are like oh they can like bind it like avison being one of the main ones uh they show humans like kind of how to do it but no one can really do it except for maybe like the paladins or like some of the knights that show up but uh that's how you got cards like oblivion and like other ones where like it like keeps them sedated, but they're not gone from like the border. So you don't get like, you don't get rid of them all the way. And so that was a cool concept that they brought into the horror style of it. Where like most of these things you can't get rid of. And that sort of exists amongst all of horror. Like you don't really get rid of things. Like, have you seen, um, the Babadook? Yes. Oh, that movie. She doesn't get rid of it at the end. So like, it just like, serves it's, in a sandwich at the end of the movie. And just, right. Like, Such a weird accepts. ending. <laughs> But that's that's one of the concepts I liked a lot. It's good. It's a good way to use horror for a storytelling element, especially with a lot of lore. Especially people love lore. It, it also goes against the conventional "we destroy evil." Yes, good versus of, evil fight. You know, yeah, good versus evil is so cookie cutter, dude. Well, like, it's just really cookie cutter nowadays. You can't really smite evil like completely because there's going to be always a new form of evil coming out. Yes, I like that concept too. Yep. Yeah. I was thinking about that the other It's day, like actually. you cut the serpent's head and it's just like you kill one, three more will appear. Pretty much Hydra. Oh, yeah. Ooh, Hydras are fun to play in Magic. But they're expensive. Yeah. Like, expensive. yeah, you want to find like really good ones. They're way too expensive. But there are some that are pretty legit, like the green ones. You We're can... talking mana cost expensive, not money cost expensive. <laughs> no, I'm talking both, like money and okay, mana. I guess some of them are. Because some of them are. But... It costs money yeah. to buy these cars for sure. It does. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> wrong. I'm wrong. Yes, it is. But yes. you can play Magic Gathering on a budget and yes, have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've made some like, I don't know what they're called, the the cheaper decks. Uh, Popper? That's it. 
they're called popper decks because like each card is less than a dollar yeah you only have uh, commons it's all commons that's what popper yeah. is it's a format <laughs> it's a format like 60 card and edh is yep. mitch can you tell me what edh stands for edh stands for elder dragon highlander elder dragon highlander and excuse you it's now called commander nobody calls it that nerd name anymore. right <laughs> except for me I, was like, I still call it EDH. It's I don't give a coolest, fuck. It's the coolest name. How ever. do you change such a cool fucking name? I know, right? To Commander. Well, because you use the Commander in the in the format of Commander, but with um, why didn't they just but, call them Highlanders? Yeah, I mean, originally it was because like Elder Dragons were like the big like yeah. multiple colored uh, legendary creatures, and so oh, they okay. were all all of them were Elder Dragons. So it was the Elder Dragon. Oh, what was originally the, they were originally elder yeah. Dragon. That was like when the it was originally it wasn't even like a st- like now it's like a Wizards like supported format. Yeah, but originally it was just nerds just pass this around online yeah this is just the rules to it they made it an official format which is great there's actually a a bunch of things like that that people did like they've like there's other ways of playing the game like like two-headed giants always been a thing yes which is like a team basically team shares life points right yeah you share life points. yeah yeah not mana which i wish everyone wishes (laughs) Um, but uh uh let's see um but the other format that they do is there's like an emperor is another one that's really fun. It's when you have Ooh. six people. You can only attack a certain person, right? Yeah, and it's basically like destroy one of the bodyguards so you can get at the person in the center. Right. And then the person in the center can like send troops to like either like send their creatures over to their oh. the guard to support them. Gotcha. Yeah. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I like those. I also like that they took a fan made thing and made it real. Yeah, I don't like, think yeah. Wizards supports that one. It's just it's just a thing that like it's like it's like one of those like player created formats that you know players will play. Oh, really? It's, it's not, not su- official? No, that's not a supported thing. That's no. really funny because yeah. people make it. They treat it like it is. Yeah, because you want to have official rule sets so you yeah. know it's fair. Like <laughs> even even with like the cards you can have in it, like modern or like yeah. what's the other one? Legacy. Well, the uh, so the formats go. Uh, as far as as far as my limited knowledge, I've never been competitive with Magic. Really, same. So it's like it goes standard, which is the most current sets of Magic. Then it's modern, which is everything from Eighth Edition to current, and then it goes Legacy and Vintage. And Legacy and Vintage are like I want to say like you use any card from any time period, <laughs> and you just and it's just ridiculous. And those games like like end on like turn three and yeah like they'll that. play it's something very, crazy very ridiculously fast like those games are nuts there's a there's like twenty thousand, more than twenty thousand cards in the game that you can pick from yes so you so many possibilities <laughs> um and yeah those are pretty much the formats and then there's commander as well which is its own thing and then commander also has like 1v1 commander and then there was like another format of commander called tiny leaders which had converted mana cost limitations set yes. on them and things like that, which I, it's a dead format. Nobody really plays it. Well, Tiny Leaders was saying that you could use any card as your commander, right? Uh, only three mana cost or lower commanders. Gotcha. And that, and the, your deck had to be the same way too. Oh, wow. And it could only be 50 cards, I believe. Ooh. So it was like, and you only had 25 I could see why life. it died. Yeah, it's a different, it's a different thing. It was kind of cool. I tried it and... I got to play like a one game with it. All right. Well, before we get too far down the rabbit hole and how to play magic. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't, I don't want to do a tutorial right? on how to play magic. Uh, what did you guys like most about the Eldrazi? Because I sure as hell love the giant Eldrazi like horrors that they show up. They even have horror in the name for most of the cards. Um, Well, I mean, I, I like some of like the hybrid Eldrazi stuff. I also am just a fan of the classic Titans. 
Yes. I just like all of them. Like, oh, like, like the, like the OG, like they were just so overpowered when they came out and it was like a different, like as a green player who has all the mana, they were great. So I this is them. like Kozilek, Ulamog, and then who was the other one? Emrakul. Emrakul is the other mm-hmm. one. Yeah. So they're like, pulled one of those out during a game. You're probably not going to win <laughs> or the opponent is probably not going to beat it. <laughs> There's, there were um, lots, there were, quite a few ways around them and there still are there's ways to get rid of them and stuff you can exile them they're not all invincible totally they're just very scary and it's awful to deal with them on the board so you know it's not yeah it's not fun um but like i remember playing them i just remember liking the aesthetic they always came in did something crazy they were always very like big spells they always came in and just wrecked the other side of the field really awfully your opponent's not happy when those are down it was great (laughs) good time to be alive what about you, Eddie? Do you know much about them? I couldn't tell you, man. No. I well, wish. Um, <laughs> well. I, you, I'm looking forward to just play this game later on. Just right. to, like, get more of, like, getting out of these training wheels. <laughs> I'm a huge fan of the Eldrazi, so I have a bunch of Eldrazi cards. All right. Um, I have. Uh, I like the artwork, definitely, to all the. Oh, man. They have really good artists. They have a lot of guest artists that show up to do cards for them. Like, they had... um. The guy who created Minecraft. Um, okay. I, I can't remember his official name, but like Notch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Notch. They had Notch going. Yeah, and he like he showed up and he did a card called um fuck what I think it was Relentless Mining was the card that it was. And it's like you like destroy a land for a certain buff and like you just kept doing that. That's pretty funny. And uh, it's it like, like that sounds like an unhinged or unglued. It's a card. terrible like a, card. It like, sounds like a joke card yeah. or something almost. Oh, it's pretty cool. I didn't I never got a chance to get the unhinged cards. I think even some comic book artists like from 2000 AD yeah. worked on some of it. Like I think maybe Glenn Frabery or Greg Staples. Uh, I think both of them. Yeah. yeah. You can like search on their website by artist. Yeah. Okay. So like, I don't know if it's like their main site or if it's like another one I was looking at, but you can go artists and who worked on like, Magic yeah, you can be like, all right, who's done like their own artwork for this. Um, there's definitely people who are like regulars. And they've just been on for years and are just doing all the artwork. And then they'll get guest artists to come on and do specialty cards. Like when they got the guy from Minecraft to do that, he made like three cards. Um, and one of them was the, was the mining. And then another one, I think another one had to do with explosions. It was, it was like a, a playoff of the, the creepers. Aggressive mining was a uh, designed by Marcus person. There you go. Uh, and it's, you can't play lands and you sacrifice a land to draw two cards. Yep. And it's for four mana, and it's a uh, M15 card, it's, 2015. Yeah, it's like a like a ditch effort kind of card. Like you got nothing else to do, so you just start eating lands to get more cards out and see if maybe you can pull something and get it out, <laughs> help you win. But otherwise, it's cool to have. Um, I have it sitting somewhere because I wanted his artwork, so I just have like the, the card, and it's not like any use for uh, a deck or anything. Um, Apparently, Notch made 14 cards for magic you need 14 you need 14 different ones oh, yeah shit, i didn't know that yeah he did genesis hydra obnixilis the uh un- unshackled oh, oh, I, I i think oh maybe not maybe oh. oh no i'm a dork i don't know what i'm talking about I'm um wrong. i think for that set he just did aggressive mining they had guest artists they had like 14 15 different guest artists do like one or two cards uh, i don't know is brad mirror anybody's brad mirror no, does not sound familiar. Doesn't sound familiar to me either. I don't know any of these people. I'm not sure if that one actually. Oh, Penny Arcade did Avarice Amulet. 
Oh, literally says Penny Arcade on the the card. That's really funny. <laughs> they didn't want to use any other names. That's pretty funny, actually. I like that. Um, I would definitely use like a fake name or like a pseudonym. 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 Thank you. I oh, think George George Fan is a Plants vs Zombies. It was a Plants vs Zombies guy, and he did a Genesis Hydra, which is like a Venus flytrap looking Hydra. Hell yeah! It's kind of awesome. I want to. I should. I should see if I could find all those. Make a nice little frame set of it. Be something I'm into to do something like that. Hell yeah. Um, I'm too distracted reading this list <laughs> right now. Right, you're getting into like oh all the guest artists. It's too freaking like cool, man. There's too many. There's too many awesome things. From like an aesthetic viewpoint, what do you guys think about the artwork we've seen for like cards from these? Uh, from these blocks, well, so like Innistrad. Oh, I love like, I love all their artwork. Yeah. Their artwork is amazing. It's just gotten better over the years. There's a evolution to Magic, pretty much. Right. Like there's as much was going on of like the classic kind of Magic, and then like the different generations, and then there's guest artists or like people who are well known for other works go on and make their own like rendition of Magic, pretty much. It's definitely become its own sort of like a pop culture thing that almost anyone can get into because it has a different plane a different card a different piece of lore that appeals to somebody and so in our case we were drawn to the horror aspect of it because of the nature of the podcast but when it comes to other things that you can like see when i started playing i started playing in theros and there was all of the heroics so it was like um greek mythology kind of got blended into their world and so I have a I have a deck that's all like all the heroes from this time period, and they come together and be, like make some cool combos or something like that. But the artwork for it always reminds me of the Greek mythology that you found in like other aspects of pop culture. So if you wanted to think of like God of War or something like that, um, I love God of War. Magic has done a, a cool thing with like blending their storyline along with different cultures. So like there's different cultures yeah. on all the planes and everything. So like. The Dragon Lords of Takir reminded me very much of like, I want to say like 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 feudal China in a way. Yes. Sort of and whatnot. That's that's what I was gathering anyway. And um, I really liked that ass that 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 aesthetic a lot. It was, it was like really the awesome. extension of what was it, Kawagama? Or uh, it wasn't an extension of of Kamigawa to my to my knowledge. Kamigawa was its own plane. No, I mean like um aesthetically like the style oh yeah yeah, yeah no, they, they continued with that sort of like oh we're gonna make something similar to this but different plane. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but also I think this has been like a long like training card, sort of a, a training card game that has a, a long legacy that's kind of right. created more players and more fans. Oh man! And stuff, and just like it's kind of like breaking that mold of from like people who used to have like baseball training cards pretty much to like even when we were pretty young there was like Pokemon. Yeah. And how long has like that Pokemon training card? last or the Yu-Gi-Oh training cards or Digimon or I was so upset that the Pokemon artwork just went to shit after like the first editions like, peace. like yeah <laughs> like it looks so good when the first editions came out and then like you look at them now and it looks so weird um, I think it's just because of the art style they've chosen which makes the cards look very uh, cheap like you don't have any depth to some of the artwork an interesting bit card games before poker Yes. That's what people would do. Get it, get it, play poker. And that's what, like... Blackjack, shit like that. Yeah, and then just Texas hang out and do that. And then that's, like, a really pretty simple game. Pretty simple, pretty to the point. And people getting together for a night of poker. Yes. Nowadays, I'm seeing adults my age 
who are like, we're getting together for a night of magic. 25 plus. Yeah, exactly. Right. Exactly. <laughs> 25 plus people. Yeah, exactly. Getting for, I mean, getting together for a night of magic. And I feel like it's going to be a thing that continues on with our generation where the generation oh, for before sure. us didn't care about stuff like that. No. And we're fine with just, I think it's going to be different. I'm really kind of excited to get old with this generation because I feel like we're going to be have a lot of fun, a lot more fun. We're going to be adults. the coolest grandparents. <laughs> like We're going to be showing kids how to play magic and then be like, what? No, Grandpa, this isn't the new magic. This isn't standard. And you'd be like, what the? Well, I was playing fucking. <laughs> what do you mean all my cards are defunct now, you whippersnapper? <laughs> throw a deck box at him right getting really mad at him is like you did not just clear my field you did not get the fuck out of my house because <laughs> you're fucking pissed at your grandson for doing a, a fucking field you know, wipe on you uh, Yu-Gi-Oh! back in the day when i played it used to have a book of like of etiquette rules for gaming really yes and it used to be like you will not touch another member's cards oh, without asking wow. permission. like shit like that like you know you will you are allowed to ask questions ask permission first yeah you know, and then nowadays it's like, please bathe before coming to our oh store. My God, <laughs> if, you, if there was a fucking card game that would have rules like that, it would be fucking Yu-Gi-Oh, because like it goes along with the the way that they play the game in the show. It's a very formal event, unless you were like doing the street style. Yeah, no, definitely. Yu-Gi-Oh was super dramatic in the show, though. Hell yeah, it was. It doesn't even yeah. follow the rules. Well, because. Yeah. <laughs> I also find it funny that the back of the cards almost look like magic cards. So close. Yeah. They want to be except so for the right. Like, except for the gems. On the yeah. On the back of magic. Oh right, like the colors, the main colors. That yeah. They on there. But it's got like this brown spiral thing design going on. I think what's funny about Yu-Gi-Oh is that at the end of the show, you basically discover that he was just cheating the whole time. <laughs> Well, you always have that <laughs> this one card up his sleeve. Oh no, no, I meant like when he plays, uh, he like transforms into like another person because of the the, the puzzle box that he carries. Oh, yeah. So like it wasn't even really Yu Gi Oh playing the whole time. It's this other entity. It's like this other entity the, locked the in the Pharaoh. box. Yeah, that was just like basically autopilot for him for most of the game. I was like, wow, this dude was cheating like the whole time. <laughs> and then like you had dudes like what was it? Was it Pegasus? Who was just trying to buy his way into the game? He was like your pay-to-win guy. He was able to like see cards in his deck and stuff. I don't remember. It's dumb. Anyway, <laughs> it's so dumb. I don't care. <laughs> what are we talking about? Uh, well, we were talking about the cultural relevance. Yeah, the cultural yeah. relevance of magic for sure. Also, and we'll be cool ass grandparents. I agree. Yeah, we are going to be cool ass grandparents. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean, as I don't we're really... pushing close to thirty. Yeah. <laughs> right. What are things you guys think you'll be doing? In old age, that just it'll just seem off because of because of the way our generation is. Listening to Cannibal Corpse at an old folks' home. <laughs> yes. Right. I, I want to be that grandpa. Right. Just oh. comes in, you can barely hear, so it's like really loud. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I try not to think about too much of my own future of like how old or where I'm gonna be if I'm gonna be like in an old folks' home or sure. if I'm gonna be on my deathbed or just like out in the countryside somewhere. I don't know. That's not – I just kind of live in the moment pretty much. That's sort of my ideal, like, philosophy that I sort of look at things. Yeah, I get you. Yeah. it's uh, It saves you a lot of worry because <laughs> I feel like I'm just constantly worried about what's going to happen in the next few years. And I'm always bombarded, like, what am I going to do with my future and stuff. It's like I, yeah. I, I understand that stuff for sure, but just, like, we're – my self-interests are what i see happening is just 
everybody's got different sort of tastes and sort of like hobbies and stuff so magic is a hobby for sure for like people who like fantasy who like playing card games who like playing poker pretty much or just games in general just like even like the type of music you like to listen to it's always varies from people to people i like that that's a good answer shit (laughs) solid as fuck right yeah solid um I don't know. I think I always imagine those scenarios because I'm still not even sure if I'm gonna have kids or not. Uh, like that's why still worry about that? that's still up in the air for me because like I'm like, why would I want kids at this moment? And I just I just don't. You're enjoying it's whatever expensive. sort of <laughs> yeah. <laughs> enjoying the uh, the childless life. Right. Also, what's what's funny about that too is uh, I've passed the age of most of my family members like when they had kids like by a lot. They had kids like they had kids like 21, 22, and I'm now like almost 30. And they're like, yo, so when are you going to like have kids and get married and shit? (laughs) I'm like, that's not like I'm going to take a photo with my uh, bachelor's degree and be like, this is my child and send out Christmas cards and stuff. I worked very hard for this. My cat and the bachelor's degree and just send that out. The cat holding the bachelor's degree. (laughs) He's like, he helped me study, you know. He knows. Yeah, my, he was always there. My for folks me. had me, my brother and I at a very young or a very old age. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, so they had me in their like mid to late thirties. Okay. Okay. Pretty much, and then my brother and his, and their late almost close to late or early forties. Did your parents at all introduce you to horror and things like that? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh. Not so well. My dad introduced me to Alien and Terminator, which I <laughs> yes, think, Alien, yes, yeah, and then like Universal Horror. But then I think I kind of went more down that path on my own, right? Pretty much like when like the say the first Hellboy movie, I was like, yes, that was a, a like movie. a gateway for me to get into that artwork from the comic books and stuff, and then. I was really more interested in knowing, like, Guillermo del Toro's, like, w- work and stuff. And then we're just bombarded with a lot of horror these days. Like, we got American Horror Story, Penny Dreadful, uh, Dexter. We got, like, um, what was that serial killer that's got a show on Netflix now? Ted Bundy? Yeah. That's Ted Bundy one with <laughs> the Zac Efron. Freaking, freaking Man, that guy's an High idiot. School Musical is being, is, is oh, fucking going and Zac Efron? Zac Efron is being a fucking serial Look, killer. I miss High School Musical days of Zac Efron because he was great. <laughs> like in high school. I, I'm and... not allowed to like those movies because, <laughs> because I, I'm not allowed to like those movies. What? There's no specific reason. I just, I just cannot stand. Musicals are just not really my thing. Oh, gotcha. And I just, the teenage musical, teenage high school life thing, I just kind of hate it. No, you <laughs> don't like it? I was I was a huge fan. I was all about it. you're a dork. That's I was, nice. the, the all, We're All In This Together song? Man, that was the shit. No. <laughs> Hell yeah. You were listening to All This Is Together. I was listening to Smashing the Scepter by Gorgoroth. Okay? Oh, so, oh. Like, I was listening to, like... Excuse me. Do you have enough room for your dick over there? Yeah, do you have enough room for that edgelord <laughs> over in the corner of the room? <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck was that name is that a real name uh well gorgoroth is the name of a black metal band from norway yeah which is actually based off the um in, or, or it's actually based off a tolkien place in uh in mordor which is the plain of gorgoroth the plateau of gorgoroth 
Gotcha. Uh, and so Gorgroth is a black metal band from Norway, and I just named a song Crushing the Scepter off of uh, Pentagram, I believe is the name oh. of the album. Super edgelordy. I'm so that into it. That sounded like you made it up. I was like, you just made no, that up right it's now. Real. It's real. It's an actual <laughs> it's band. It's fake news. Yeah, it's they, fake. They, got, yeah. they got banned from Poland for having oh, a they got banned from poland for playing a, a live song and they had a whole bunch of like goat heads on like the front of the stage and like they got models to be cru- like cru- quote unquote crucified on stage oh. like covered in blood they're all naked and everything and it's probably one of the most evil looking shows you'll ever look at and i understand why the whole country got mad so <laughs> the, whole <laughs> the whole country, country. <laughs> at least at least the like whoever their fucking prime minister is or whoever dictates their bullshit you said poland it was poland yeah it was krakow like krakow poland i believe nice it was that city where they were just like you cannot come back here not dealing with you're it you're not you're not allowed <laughs> like that's, that's not okay uh that just makes me think about how i really want to have a book that's banned in the united states like i want to make a book and then have it banned <laughs> so that i could get on the banned book list of the united states because it's like it's get it doesn't have very listed. many so before i before we kind of wrap things up and i let you guys go uh have you guys seen anything lately that you definitely want to recommend to the listeners so this can be horror based or something you just like you have to watch it even though it's not horror gotta see game of thrones and that amazing yeah. ending to that show also chernobyl is amazing fantastic show by the way uh chernobyl's great i love it it's frightening as fuck because it's an actual event um the way that they dramatize everything um feels really really indicative of the time and the place so this is this is the meltdown of the nuclear plant in russia in, in the ukraine in, in ukraine okay which is, yes, technically Russia. They all call each other comrade. Pretty great. Um, anyway. Um, <laughs> For English actors. There's some, pretty glorious, there's some pretty glorious scenes that really show you, like, the level that people went to to try to solve this problem. Oh, gotcha. Because it's it's insane. It's like the, the, core, the core has exploded okay. and is now leaking radiation into the air. And it's traveling, mi- like, hundreds of miles away from the city, spreading all over northern Europe. Fuck. Like it's getting into like it's it's didn't nuts. it create acid rain as well? I'm pretty sure it hasn't just. I don't think the show's gotten to that part yet. Yeah. But um, they bring in like, it's nuts, man. They bring like the firefighters show up on the scene. They try to like put out this fire that's been started by the core because the core's so hot it's burning things around it. So nobody knows that the core is exposed. Some scientists do. The government of the Ukraine doesn't want the people to know that, so they keep it really hush hush. Right, so this panic. is like a fear of like, yeah, it, it's crazy. So these guys are just like, yeah, and they almost don't believe them when they say the core exploded. That's impossible. How could the you're stupid? No, the core never blow right. up. It's just a fire. And they're like, no, the core exploded. It <laughs> fucking exploded. And then they're all trying to figure out what's wrong with it. One of the craziest bits is that they try to bring water in to do so. Water vaporizes before it even gets there. Oh, what? It's so hot. Because it's burning at 2,000 degrees constantly. Oh, shit. And it's just that at that. And so they have to bring in sand to dump it on there. And that's, like, their their way of dealing with it. And some of the helicopters get so close that it just melts the propellers off of them. What? Like, it's it's fucking insane. It's insane. So you just see these guys just, boop, they just pop, fall off. And then the helicopter just crashes. And they're just like, oh, my God. Like, just trying to stop this. Because no one can get close to it. And when they gets close to it, it gets blasted with radiation. They die in a week. And get, like, a bad sunburn yeah it, like way like no, that's an un- understatement a bad sunburn. <laughs> well that's but, what i was yeah. watching from the first episode and it's yeah. like three episodes in now oh yeah or? there's only three episodes of it out now so it's not finished yet but, oh yeah it's so, premiering yeah mm-hmm. 
fuck. It's really good. It's a mini series. So. Might be a good reason to keep my HBO after Game yeah. of Thrones. <laughs> oh, dude, have you seen the Watchmen thing that's coming up next? I'm waiting for that. So, do you know anything about it? No. You- yeah. Like Damon Lindelof is doing it, pretty much, and I, it's like. 30 years after the events of Watchmen, the graphic novel. Oh. They use the graphic novel source material for it. Holy yeah, there's shit. A, yeah. There's this cult of Rorschach, apparently, or yes. the Church of Rorschach. Because they get his journal. Yeah, I was going to say, is it yeah. because they got his journal that he published? Jeremy Irons is Ozymandias. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah. There's also, like, a, a sequel book called Doomsday Clock, which yeah. is probably a different narrative to what the show is going to do. But I'm... Never really been big on Damon Lindelof in his work. Like, he's done Lost and Leftovers and the Prometheus movie. That's what I can okay. say what he's done, pretty much. Gotcha. Uh, let's see. If I had to think of something. Well, it's interesting. Like, I at first did not like it, and then it got more interesting as I watched it. Um, Aquarius on Netflix. Is focused in Los Angeles around the time that Charles Manson was gathering together all of his people to like start doing what he wanted to do, which is like I'm still kind of unclear on what he was make a cult of wives. Well, like yeah, so like kind of. Well, the thing is, is like when he first got in trouble, like when he like had his first run-ins with the law, he got in trouble for like being a pimp and like (laughs) like basically like getting women to uh, have sex with guys and make money off of it. And so, like, that was his main thing. And then as it went on, he was really good at brainwashing people to being, like, to follow him into this, like, new free movement that was kind of around the same time. So, like, late 50s or, I'm sorry, late 60s, early 70s when the free love movement was kind of a thing. So he was like, yeah, like, you guys got to. Co-opt in the hippie life. Right. He, like, totally co-opted it to start doing some, like, really evil shit. Um, and so he's one of the main characters. And then the story follows one of the main police detectives. Um, who is like a he's like an anti-hero he's not like he's like a chaotic good person he doesn't like follow the law exactly he's not afraid to intimidate people like he like puts this guy's head to like an open flame to get an answer out of him so like he's, he's so definitely... your classic like gumshoe pi who's yes just... he's good too he's a good he's like really good at his job anybody familiar in the show or um no you probably won't recognize anybody in that show which is really weird is this a Netflix or yes. it's Netflix? It's on Netflix and it has two seasons. So I want to mention a series that I'm also excited for that's coming out on, in like August, I believe. Which one? It's August. The Dark Crystal. Fucking excited. Wait, I saw so that movie series? for the first time. Yeah, it's a series. It's What's up? I just saw that movie for the first time the other night. Oh. The Dark Crystal? What did you think? You know, I liked the aesthetic and this whole world that they were building. Uh, but I couldn't really get into those little creatures, those dog face elf things. I was just like <laughs> the little puppets. Yeah, they're the, called gelflings. Okay? Yeah, excuse you. <laughs> but, and the uh, vulture people are called skexies, and they actually cause the apocalypse of the world by um, cracking the crystal. But they fuse with those little like uh, not the those sticks. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like so the good. the good versus evil joins with themselves, and they become these like ghost sentient alien thing it's supposed to be about the world like reuniting after it's been split when the crystal cracked two separate <laughs> like basically two separate beings like they split they were at one they were once one and then once the crystal breaks they split off into two separate factions so like the super peace loving mystics and they turn into like the evil vulture skexies i keep mixing this movie up with the uh, labyrinth 
Yep, same type of like all handmade. I like Labyrinth more though. With, uh, with Bowie. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's all got the musical and it's got. Oh, some don't cool get me visuals. wrong. I don't like David Bowie. I like more like, of like. Oh, oh you don't like you don't like him as a person or yeah. just his music. I don't like. Something? I don't like. Uh, I don't like his popularity and sort of like his like. Yeah, I know. This is a hot take. Uh, I don't. I feel like. I feel like most of the time he he like hid behind the convenient facts that like people just loved his uh his aesthetic and never really did much beyond like being like that original person he wasn't really like um i don't know i think it's just me i don't think he was very innovative to be honest i think he, he was, was just like on the very uh, edge of it and like got like was good luck he was yeah he was he made um songs that were catchy and popular enough to resonate with people right and you know i think it's like i think that's my that that's your personal taste and oh it's yeah kind of different totally. yeah, of course of course not trying to not trying to say that your opinion does not carry any weight for yourself or anything like that but he definitely garnered some mainstream appeal for a reason. And some of that, I think a lot of it is his aesthetic. Yeah. Um, he, he was would... really good at storytelling in song. Like, I remember like listening to like his like Glass Spider song and whatnot like a long time ago and being really intrigued by it. I liked the narrative aspect. The music didn't catch me as much as the narrative. I liked hearing him like proclaim like this story going on with like this <laughs> backdrop of music. It was sort of like a storyteller. It was like a storyteller giving you this... And I, and I like that aspect of it. And then there's a whole bunch of other things. So he always, like, adopts, like, a weird character. Yeah. Sort of. And I think people attach with, like, the character of David Bowie rather than, like, the person David yeah, Bowie. Yeah, I agree. That's actually, yeah, that's like, a good That's why you get, like, the Ziggy Stardust thing. Yes. You know what I mean? And the so, alternate names. But that's not to say, I don't want to go and say that there's nothing to gain from him musically because everyone's going to look at his music differently. And I know musicians that cried the day that he died. And so that must mean... I know really talented musicians that were really, really sad. <laughs> like really, like, like I, not, they wrote their own albums. These people are like good musicians and they were weeping and like crying with their friends because like a David Bowie died. And it was like, that was like a big thing. So that, that influence, I don't think I could totally ignore that. I don't think I could totally right. ignore that, that effect. I think it's because most of my attention was taken for another person who was really famous during that time period. Cause I was like a huge fanboy for Prince. Yeah, Prince is totally <laughs> so, awesome, but but the thing is, Prince is different than David Bowie. He is. He's a Prince totally is, different Prince kind of person. Prince is his own is his own thing. I feel like Prince and David Bowie would be friends. Oh yeah, for I sure. feel like they hang out. They're just so like, weird. You know they would I mean? be like, yeah. Did you ever see that? Did you ever see that video where fucking where it's um, oh my god, his last name is Brown. James Brown. Fuck, I'm stupid. Wow. James oh. Brown. Like the most simple, oh like God. the most basic fucking like first name. Yes. James is like, yeah. So James Don't Brown. Don't just talk smack about James Brown. Yeah, He's fucking, our Lord yeah. and Savior oh this house. Oh, my God. Anyway. Yes. <laughs> yes. Anyway, so James Brown's up there and he notices that Michael Jackson and Prince yes. are like at the show. I love this video. And he like invites them all up to do stuff with it. I was, it's, it's amazing. It's they like, play music. They dance. Yeah, like, it's crazy. It's, it's, it's just all crazy. impromptu. Like that's crazy. Yeah. And, but I wouldn't say that like, yeah, like. Yeah, so I don't know. I I, it, just because you like Prince doesn't mean you have to discount Bowie. But they're both, you know, they were both influential, and they made music that is timeless to this day. People still reference Bowie songs. People oh, still yeah, love sure. Prince. It's er, always preference yeah. too. Like, what do yeah. you like? I like. I was more of a Michael Jackson fan than a Prince yeah. fan, and I, I like Prince because of fan, the yeah. Batman movie because he had like three songs nice. in that movie, and then Kevin Smith had his crazy story about Prince. Right. Fuck, there is a lot of stuff. That's a really good point. I've never heard this story. Tell yeah, me this crazy story. You should story about tell Prince. a story. Uh so it was right after Dogma for Kevin Smith and Prince yeah. invited him out to his studio. Yeah. Yeah. That's some and, crazy shit. And he was gonna do this documentary on this album he was gonna do. 
And like it just didn't seem right for Kevin Smith to do this kind of job because it just didn't seem like his like it was his voice to him. Like Kevin Smith like giving the voice of Prince pretty much. Like Prince was more of this is more of your thing than my thing, pretty much. But yeah. then but it also was just like Prince was like being very like Prince himself. Like he's just he he was getting all like really like <coughs> What's his belief? Like Prince's belief? Like his, he had a, like even, a room. I don't even know if he had like. He was a Jehovah Witness. Well, oh, was he? Was he just getting super religiously like motivated on Smith? Oh. Or was he just getting really persistent on him or something I like that? Like that. you're gonna make the movie for me, like God willing, you have to be the one that makes it. Was that what it was? Or no, no, no. Okay, maybe I don't was, know what I'm talking about. But it was more of just like I don't think Kevin Smith knew what Prince's like Kevin's. Prince didn't know like Kevin Smith's work pretty much. Oh, okay. Oh, so so you feel like he kind of just saw a writer director and said, "I'll take that guy," and then yeah. Smith's like, "I'm kind of like a dick joke and toilet humor yeah. dude. You really want me doing your story? This doesn't sound like my thing. I don't want to ruin your see that. your Prince. Why am I going to ruin you?" <laughs> like Kevin Smith was like a big Prince fan and so. Oh yeah, totally. But I understand what you're. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but I good. understand what you mean when you say. When you say that uh, Kevin Smith wouldn't feel like it's his voice in the film, right? You know, because yeah. Kevin Smith's a very like he's gonna do films that speak to him that are yeah. gonna be. But there's always... like a documentary on an album that Prince was doing, and Prince was like a guy who did multitude of projects yeah. and would never see the live day, yep. pretty much. Yep. So this just was so out of place for Kevin Smith to do, huh? And his like him and his wife were spending like the week or so and uh, like wherever that ranch is called that Prince owned. Uh, I, I can't remember. Nope. I don't know. It's interesting. It's like Michael, ja- like it's, it's like how you have trouble now being a fan of Michael Jackson. Cause you're not sure like kind of where he is on like the accusations that he had against him. But then I like, just enjoy his music. Just separate the art from the artist, man. You gotta separate. You got like, it. Sometimes. I can't. Does, is, like, does, can does you separate his... the art from Bill Cosby? Where's the art? What art did Bill Cosby make? He was in the show. He was in the Cosby show. What are you talking oh, about? Oh, the he was Cosby a TV, show. Like, uh, yeah. He was like a TV giant during that time like Yeah, during that time. I didn't really watch the Cosby show. He though, was like... So it, maybe it doesn't resonate with me as much. That's true. Maybe that it's, is. That's true. It'd like be like all, telling... Like, I'm sorry. It's all good. <laughs> it's like... Well, no, Bill Cosby like created this image of the all-American dad. Yeah. Pretty much in the high... Like... It, the high life of New York in the late 80s to 90s. Yeah. And stuff. So, and good taste was sort of his theme and philosophy, but then it was just like, no, this guy's got like totally not history. No, not at all. Well, what got me about that was uh, during the time period in the eighties on a main television show, you got to see a wealthy black family. And so they sort of created a good image for black people during that time period. Yeah. And then it got tarnished with him having so many sexual assault accusations later. And then, kind of like allowing other people to perpetuate like the myth of black men and so how they deal with like sexual situations mm-hmm. and so it sort of made it worse for him in some way because it went beyond just his own work yeah it, it, yeah immediate media is going to spread and twist that story yeah. and then it's going to create a reflection on and, the whole community yeah. because unfortunately yeah people believe that the outlier reflects the whole and now he's in prison but like yeah. you know <laughs> but like you have michael jackson who's dead and like 
you can't really do anything much past it because like he can't say anything. Plus, they, they try to do a documentary about it, like the victims. Yeah, was they found? Didn't they find out that most of those were like fake? Like they they were like they essentially paid these people to be really really excessive about the stories that they were telling. So like basically what they did was they like stretched the truth on some of these and like basically repeated what had what he had gone to trial for. So therefore, now we have Michael Jackson in this weird gray limbo sort <laughs> yes. of where he's like he's dead and literally in limbo. <laughs> yeah. like literally in limbo yeah. with acceptance with public acceptance that must be a dilemma for people who are religious i know people who are still just like i love michael jackson's yeah. music you know i still bump thriller every day i'm you know, still, still like i'm i'm still like iffy about it yeah every now and again i, I feel like i'm just not really that big into the <laughs> i'm not i'm not really like a big i don't get i don't want to like gyrate my hips before that documentary i listened to his music constantly the way you're gyrating really? your hips yeah. right now, Mitch, I just like gave me really all, all excited. <laughs> right get, that got you off. Yeah. <laughs> I, what podcast are we on again? <laughs> like, well, uh, what are we talking we, about again? We first started like with the ma- horror of magic, and then we jumped to like Michael Jackson hip motions. Yeah, exactly. Right. I know. I just got into DC All Access, so oh, anybody shit. who's really into the DC comics and stuff but i was doing it because i wanted to watch the rest of doom patrol pretty much and that's my new favorite show if you really like the umbrella academy which was on netflix yeah and but i kind of i think i like doom patrol a little bit more because i'm big fan of like timothy dalton and uh, brendan frazier what are like the main characters in doom patrol uh main characters are the character named chief he's like your charles xavier okay like the guy who runs the whole organization yeah. of Doom Patrol. There's Robot Man who was like a race car driver. Yeah. Who is in a robot's body pretty nice, much. Nice. And you get this old 1950s style actress who is the Elasta Woman, but she's a gelatinous blob. <laughs> so she has to keep constantly like eating and like find her center and oh. and stuff just to keep her human form constant. And then there's Crazy Jane, who has, like, 64 personalities. Unlike, 64? Yeah, unlike James McAvoy, how many fucking personalities he has in that split movie. Talk about good acting. Yeah. That guy played eight different people. It's convincing. That's pretty, so, so DC's um, All Access is actually available now? Yeah, so uh, that's what I was going to ask. Yeah. Like, is I'm it like, actually it's a subscription, there? pretty much. So, like, much you can, it? like, there was, like, a premium, which was seventy four ninety nine, but I went with the cheaper one, which is seven ninety nine. So just, so just like monthly seven ninety, so it's like eight bucks a month. Yeah, pretty much. Okay, but you still like the other one was like for a year or something, is what I'm gathering. I guess I don't know. I just wanted to get the cheapest thing because I just wanted to like see more of Doom Patrol. Oh, okay, gotcha. Plus, That's cool though. They got Swamp Thing coming out in a week, which oh, I'm super okay. excited about. All right, all right, got it. yeah, right. Probably gonna have to dump eight dollars on a subscription. I mean, I already cut <laughs> off my is, HBO. It's so. just well, yeah. There's. Chernobyl though, like I might try to watch it before. Uh, or wait till it's Westworld's done. continuing. Wait till it's all done, and then that's just true. Binge. West, dang, Westworld is still going. Well, there's a third season with Aaron Paul from Breaking Bad. What's uh, what's left in Westworld? I thought it concluded. No, no, because they got a third season. It's kind of funny. This show has been like off and on, like production, and yeah, just release. And well, if I remember right. Oh wait, no. Of course it's gonna continue because there's other worlds. Never mind. Yeah, 
like future world yeah there's like the there's like the very futuristic one there was the japanese world that they visited there was um i think vikings i think was the other one that they were talking about yeah there's just a lot of shit right yeah they, I love vikings they essentially created a, a themed world for whatever like you well wanted. i think it was michael Crichton who was the original yeah. like creator who did jurassic park has a thing against theme parks pretty much where <laughs> it was just like how bad would like these like genetic dinosaurs or robots to nice. run rampant in our world man that's a good way to create like content for a show to just keep going you just like take up a different genre and just run with it. It's a good way to do it. Give it the same series name. Yeah. Westworld. All right. Here's a bunch of different worlds. <sighs> One of them's in the East. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. I like it. You guys ever watched the original movie? Uh, the original Westworld? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I've not seen it. No. I was it, really interested though. Yeah, like James Brolin's in it. I and oh, um, I didn't know that. Yul Brenner, who <clears throat> plays the Man in Black. Do you know what year that came out in? Early seventies. Oh shit. Okay. I'll have to check that out yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. pretty da- dated of a movie for sure but um i i still need to catch up on westworld like i've seen a few episodes on that and game of thrones so oh so you haven't seen any game of thrones no i've seen three seasons of game of thrones oh, fuck. so i'm pretty but i didn't mind the spoilers i was gonna um, say it was like everything spoiled for you i i at least i got something to look forward to and binge watch oh man for i mean i mm. This is such a controversial topic. I know. Right now, the internet's killing each what other. What do you over think it. about the ending, Mitch? It's Can great. we talk about it? Do you mind? Go ahead. I don't mind. It's fucking great. It's fantastic. It's exactly <laughs> what the series needed to do to end it. Except for the only problem I have is the pacing. Other than that, all the story decisions make sense to me. Yes. Like the pacing through the season, or yep. Uh, the last the yep. last season was six episodes, each about like an just over an hour, long. an hour, hour to an hour and a half long. Um. And they definitely rushed some of the scenes for it where it was like, wait, whoa, whoa, like this is happening Skipping right now? travel time and things like that. Yeah. Not, not as many, like they didn't, op- like during those travel time skips, they probably could have done some dialogue or some nonsense right. like that. Um, but I, I understand a little bit of the uh, frustration, but for the most part, it seemed pretty sound. Um, someone brought up to me the idea that they felt the ending was an incredibly sexist ending to the story. And, I, and I'm just kind of like, I don't know if I agree with that totally because I'm like, you know, Daenerys is not the only like person in that whole series that who's fucking nuts. Like, (laughs) like every single person in that whole story can be fucking nuts. I can see how someone might read it that way. Absolutely, because she's like she's so powerful and then just gets knifed by John. If you try, if you the way she's developed through the show, where she is more under her brother's wing, and then she marries into this guy who she is forced to, pretty much to her arc through the entire series is just like she ends up to this woman where she's kind of like her father, pretty much. Yes. It, it's sort of like a, it, well, it is also sort of like a rags to, it's sort of like a rags to riches sort of thing. She starts off at the lowest point and has to build her way up. Yes. But yeah. it's also a lot of the choices she makes along the way. I feel like the show was brilliant. And the fact that it portrayed this character, like who became a feminist icon for about 10 years now, <laughs> like, you know what and I mean? And then just and blew then it just all away. Flip it like that. And yeah. guess what? It's been in the narrative the whole time. Yeah, it's like you know, because people they see slavers getting like getting crucified, and they're like, "That's correct. That is what you are yeah, supposed to do. Exactly. That is right." And everyone cheers her on for doing that, and they don't think anything about crucifying people being bad, not a good thing to do. Right. You know what I mean? So it's not to say that 
yes, you should approve of slavery of people. It's more so how does she go about dealing with her enemies? Right. She doesn't, she even tries during that one to talk to them. She goes up there with a tiny force, a little defense force for herself. And then, you know, basically walks up there and is just like, I'd like to negotiate. And yeah. gives the whole and then try. Like, she tries you. to do the negotiate yeah. thing. And then, like, part of it, I think, is also Marine in Marine, where all of these slaves and everything turn on her. And all of, like, the hidden, like, the, uh, I don't remember what the name of the order is, but the masked folks turn on her. Oh, it's like yes. a moment where she learns she cannot be soft anymore. No. It's where she, like, abandons that idea entirely. And she starts becoming, like, this cold-hearted individual that just doesn't, yeah. Well, she realizes that her dragons are pretty powerful when it comes to making solid decisions. Mm -hmm. Like, I knew for sure she was not going to go down the route of being nice at the end of the show when she roasted the Tarleys and was like, oh, you guys don't want to, like, submit? I'm going to, like, you're sentenced to death right now, like, at, yeah, at like, the end of this battle. <laughs> that it, Was that not a flip enough like, yeah. for everyone? So like, after she, that, I was like, oh, she's for sure going to roast people when she's she gets not, there. Exactly. Like, she's not, like, you know what I mean? I mean, I think, I think people got stuck on the idea that she's just going to go all the way and that this is going to be, this yes. is going to be another cookie cutter, like, you know, super, super girl wins the day yeah. sort of, sort of storyline. Also, and something to consider is that this is a show written for pure entertainment purposes and like it's gone beyond the book. Yeah. So the true. show creators, like they basically were like, well, we're taking up the reins for the show. And we're yeah. going to see how As, this ends. From and this what could, I've heard, this could be much different though. Yeah. From what I heard um, from what Martin's told them is that he's pretty much given them sort of like how his book's going to go. I feel like his narrative will be longer and have a whole lot more flesh to it. And because, you know, with a show, there's only so much they have a budget. There's only so much they're going to be able to show you and so much they're going right. to be able to write. I don't agree with most of the people saying that it's like, quote unquote, bad writing. It's just bad writing to you because you don't agree with it. Oh, yeah. I and, don't think and, it was bad writing. No, I don't think it was yeah. that terrible. I feel like, I feel like, it, I, rushed is one thing. You want to say it's rushed? I'm on your side. Right. Everyone has like a different opinion on how like a show should end anyways <laughs> yeah for sure like we can like pull different like shows out of our hat and just say this one sucked pretty much like sopranos breaking bad <laughs> the sopranos Sign nobody says breaking bad's ending's bad i'm gonna end this podcast mid-sentence <laughs> <laughs> no but it's just like you create this fan base yeah, of people who are just like really close connected to this universe and stuff it's just like how people felt i guess about endgame or like harry potter or oh whatever. man i fucking loved endgame yes endgame like, <clears throat> i was a little indifferent about endgame like what <laughs> you're off you're off the podcast Hot take. get the fuck out <laughs> well this was just fun for just one episode right. wait why were you indifferent i want to know uh, well i just had a different idea of how like endgame was gonna go oh, okay but, Pretty so much. you so expectation. You were like, I wanted it to go sort of this way. Yeah, but I know certain characters were gonna die for sure, and right. uh, just it was a sort of a, like a different vibe, obviously, from what was happening in Infinity War because we gotta stop a guy from like ending the world and yes, the population, pretty much. And in this one, it's just like we gotta undo everything this what this guy did. Yeah, pretty much. And then it maybe. A little bit less lives are going to be lost at this. But then it's just... It's also you're basing stuff off of comic books too, which comic books always break rules of <laughs> where these characters always come back. Like, can I spoil 
like what happened. Oh yeah, you can say whatever. Yeah, anyone who's. Listening. I feel like a younger yeah. Tony Stark will come back later in a future movie, maybe. Uh yeah, they'll probably change the actor and then keep his character going. I believe. And then I there's that. a Black Widow movie happening. Yep. Too. Or they'll just do a CGI Iron Man shows up somewhere. Uh, I mean, Captain America is getting handed off to. Yeah. Yes. To, to yep. To, to Falcon. Falcon. Yeah. I forget yeah. the name of the. That's thing. actually real shit that happened. It in is the cool. That's cool shit. I like it. Though. Yeah. That's fine. Hands in the shield and it's like you're Captain America now. I was like, fuck yeah. Oh, cool. <laughs> Old man Captain America. That was just so weird to look at. <laughs> it was weird. It was yeah. weird to look at his face like that. And I, he was just doing that old man handshake of just like, I'm so proud of you. And oh just like, God. it's just like, dude, you were like the same age range pretty much. Yeah. And you're just oh, being grandpa cap right now. That's so weird. Can you imagine like going? So you're, you're fucking stuck in ice. You go to the future and then you choose to go back to the past after being in that future. He like no shit. Yeah. Like, you could just be, like, betting on, like, stock that shows up. But, you know, you know, Captain America doesn't do that, though. You, he wouldn't. He would totally do he, that. He was still Captain America. Captain taking care of Peggy. He right, would totally right, do it. Captain America. All right, all right, is, yeah. All he would totally right, you got do that. Me. You got me, John. I can't, <laughs> I can't fight you. The dude gave up his whole fucking, like, life, basically, to I, go I'm, back and see her. Yeah, after this long break that we've had, you know, from doing po- – it's good to come back after all these shows have concluded. All these, like, big, epic storylines right. are over. You know, after actually ending one of my own uh, D&D campaigns last That's night. That's right. You did. I did, yeah. I just ended, a, uh, I just ended like, an eight-person game where I had, like – two separate campaigns with different sets of players who've never met each other. Oh, dang. Yeah, and I played for a year with each of them on separate storylines. Oh, God. And so I had to take a break from one, and I just used this time to set up a different group in the same universe going against the big bad evil guy. Oh, shit. And so both of them got together for, like, uh, four to five, like, crossover sections. So it was really cool to see these people who've never who've been role-playing with each other but have never role-played with like the other group before and then see them come together and then they start making treaties with each other and start like like dictating things and it's super great it was amazing and it was uh i'll never forget it but stories have ended this year and it's been a great conclusion for fantasy and sci-fi and whatnot and we've seen a lot, a lot of, of big stuff yeah, is a lot getting of great concluded. Stuff. so that that's definitely a thing the the last avengers movie had like three moments that i just flipped out like in theater i was like this is the coolest shit uh, the one of them was when Captain America picks up the hammer. I knew you were one. And, and Thor is so excited. Yeah. He's like legitimately like happy, excited that his friend was worthy to pick up the hammer and then like continues wielding it through the rest of the movie. There's that bit. There's a bit when like everyone shows up, everyone you've ever seen on screen for any of the Avengers movies shows up to fight against Thanos and his army. And he does the Avengers assemble line. And, like, you're just like, oh, shit. Like, people are, like, in the theater freaking out over that. And it was then, like a cl- right. It's like a collage of all of the yes. Marvel movies. Just everything you'd ever in seen. In one movie. Yeah. And it's, like, it's great. It was cool to bring it all together. It was, like, that first moment in the first Avengers movie when you got the, the shot that goes around all of the heroes. It's the first time you got to see that many heroes on screen at once. That was the only, like, comic yeah. book, like, moment where you right. can just, like, go from, like, six of those characters in a circle pretty much going against a horde of aliens yeah, yeah panning around all the superheroes and i all just have love their those stances and that's stuff. so much yeah. of like a fan service to do something like that where it's like you get an iconic pose from them from like one of the comics so they get brought to life then you get to see them yeah. all together fighting and you get like that brief moment where they set up 
And so they did the same thing in, in the new one, but with like a larger scale. So they did that, but they also did it a third time when they got all the female characters to do it to defend Spider-Man, like closer to the end of it. And that was fucking sick where they got, yes. they had like Captain Marvel and all of the other ones who showed up. So like Scarlet. They were also like kind of repeating the same line that they yeah, did exactly. in the last movie. Yeah, they yeah. did the same thing and were able to showcase them. Also Scarlet Witch almost fucking killed Thanos. I love In case it. anybody she missed fucked that. Fucked him up. Yeah, <laughs> she fucked him up bad. He was like rain fire. Like this yeah. girl's about to kill me. <laughs> I, I fucking love the memes that came out for that because yeah. the dude is like, but sir, our troops. And he's like, I said fucking raid fire. <laughs> that was another thing. I kind of wanted, I know we got a very Thanos-centric movie from yeah, for sure. Infinity War, but I wanted more of Thanos again, but of like why he had to do what he do. Oh, gotcha. Like, because in the comics, he did it for death because he, he loves Lady Death. And this one is, does not love him back. And this one, we kind of got less of that. Yeah, he was just like he wanted to just dominate, and then, but also like to bring that balance. Well, we got like the Infinity War timeline. Yeah, like Thanos, and then like the Guardians of the Galaxy, who jumps across into five years in the future to oh shit, that's right. Well, five extra years because they play with like time travel in this a whole lot. Yeah. I liked the Hail Hydra reference for Captain America, <laughs> who just goes up to them and is like, Hail Hydra, and like just gets the, the suitcase away from them and is like, he knew exactly what he needed to do. But like, there's totally a, a moment in the comics where he like joins Hydra for some reason. I don't know enough about He's it. He's been a Hydra agent, I guess, from the beginning when he became oh, Captain wow. America. Holy shit. <laughs> Damn. This is also a problem with comic books. They keep rewriting the Yeah, lore. they'll change a lot of shit. And so the consistency of comic books is not very synced. <laughs> well, they've got plenty of content. They're gonna keep. They're gonna keep pumping out those movies, especially if it's Disney. They're oh yeah, fucking giant. Didn't we establish that they're like basically gonna have the rights to all their stuff forever? <laughs> yes, because Disney and got bailed out by the government. Yeah, and got <laughs> extended copyright laws. Yeah, and they're not. Yeah, and then corporations count as people. And if your copyright is held by a corporation, technically it'll never expire. It never dies, so <laughs> your copyright never ends. Yeah, weird loophole. That's a weird loophole that I think I've discovered, and I might also be full of shit. So if you listeners find out that I'm full of shit, please leave in the comments right. that I'm full of shit. Yeah, go ahead and hit up our Facebook page and be like, "You're please wrong." Tell us that we're <laughs> wrong and explain to me how this nonsense works because oh, it's man. all crazy. Because it's business and copyright. It's right. just like a whole different thing where. <laughs> You know, all right. So you know the song. You know this. You know the song. The song of storms. Yeah. From, from Ocarina of Time. You know that song yeah, yeah, of storms. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that. Yeah. yeah. So somebody tried to tell me that the Game of Thrones intro and that song are the same fucking song. And it's very close. They're super close. I I told him that I think the timing on them is the same, and that but the register for for Song of Storms is way higher. Like the notes are higher or higher pitch. Whereas Game of Thrones is I'm not I'm not entirely convinced. I'm not entirely convinced either, but there are some like mashups of it. And then um somebody told me that I should be a lawyer in uh in copyright court, but over this because but this, the timing was definitely the same though for them. They definitely follow like a same like like just how the notes hit. Not so much what the notes are, but how they hit. Right. 
It's interesting. Anyway, musical bullshit for your ears. Go check out those two YouTube videos and then tell us your take. Yeah, what do you think? Yeah, <laughs> let us know if you think they're the same song or not. I can't play it here for legal reasons. Yeah, yeah, because we'll get we'll get fired from the from John. <laughs> well, before I let you guys go, I just want to remind everybody that we're super easy to find. We're on all the streaming sites. So you can go find us on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, SoundCloud. Um, I will get the YouTube page back up and running for uh, the most recent episodes because I believe it only goes up to like three or four. Woo! Yeah, so going to work with somebody to get that back up to date. And then we're always on the Facebook page as well as our Instagram and Twitter. We're trying to be a little more active posting the stuff we're doing, things that we might do in the future. I know for sure that I want to do um, Are You Afraid of the Dark? as well as the Goosebumps series because that's probably like one of the cooler ones. Uh, kind of like how um, we talked about scary stories to tell in the dark. It's going to be one of those moments where you can like find something that was just as culturally relevant and able to talk about it. But I appreciate both of you guys coming out. Of Thanks course. to our guest, Eddie, for coming to show up. Thank Can't you, wait Mitch. to be in more. Yeah, we'll definitely bring you on for some of the other ones. It'll be good to talk about some I got a few more suggestions out there just to talk about in the future. Hell yeah. Um, yeah. I'm excited for it. So I hope everyone has a good night. Thank you. Good night. Good night.